Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. Happiness, it's kind of an elusive idea. Many of us have talked about happiness. We use the word happiness all the time. But what is happiness? How, How do we, is it even attainable? A lot of times we have this difficulty about uh, happiness. There are four terms in Proverbs that are used in the Hebrew. Not that I know a lot of Hebrew, but if my Hebrew professor is watching, in the Hebrew, which I study regularly, <laughs> um, uh, there are four terms that are, are used to express that connotation of happiness. And we're not going to look at all of them. We don't have time to look at all of them. But one of them, I just have a, like a little transliteration from uh, Hebrew into English. And one of them is the term rejoice. And in your Bible, it will probably be re- referred to as rejoice all the time. And that says that there are sources of rejoicing. You can get rejoicing from a wise son. You can rejoice when people are promoting peace. Maybe you rejoice at a kind word. Or you rejoice, it says, when justice is done. And there's an effect There's an effect of rejoicing. It says that rejoicing makes your face cheerful. It also says that rejoicing is good medicine. There's actually also a piece of advice using this word, and it talks about not rejoicing too soon. The idea that it might end in grief. And I thought about that this week, and so I did a little search on rejoicing too soon or celebrating too early. And there are a lot of videos, mostly sports-related, about people who are celebrating a little bit too early. And you can watch something in football or in soccer or in cycling, uh, auto racing, uh, track and field. You can watch all these different sports and people celebrating too soon and that it would end in grief. But that's the word rejoice. Or And the next one is exalt, which kind of has that connotation of celebration as well. And you can say that it says in Proverbs that we can rejoice or have this celebration in a child who is righteous. But it also says not to rejoice or exult when an enemy stumbles. The third word that we're not going to look too long at is often the word that's translated good or cheerful. And one of the verses in Proverbs says that the cheerful heart is a continual feast. Having a cheerful heart, which is an idea of happiness, having a cheerful heart is like having a continual feast. But the word that's translated into your English, our English translations as happy or blessed, uh, is the word that we're going to look at this morning. The problem with happiness, there is a problem with happiness, because happiness is a feeling. And I don't know if you've realized this, you probably have noticed this, this feeling comes and goes. This feeling doesn't last. And that's the problem with happiness, is that happiness doesn't last. I don't know if you've noticed that. I don't know of anybody who would say that they have found happiness and it's continual, it's lasting. So let's look at Proverbs and this idea of happiness. Because happiness is not something you can buy, it's not something you can own, it's not something you can move into. Happiness is something else. And in Proverbs, it talks about people who are happy or blessed. We use this word blessed, but I'm not using the word blessed, I'm using the word happy because we think of blessed in a different way. But the term can be used as happy as well. 
But we're going to talk about those who. The people who are happy are this group of people. And there are four specific verses that I want to look at this morning. And it describes in Proverbs what happy people are like. And it's not going to say, you know what, happy people? Happy people are happy. It doesn't say that. It says more, it says different than what you might expect. First of all, it says in Proverbs 3, verse 13, and you can look this up. It says that happy or blessed are those who find wisdom and gain understanding. At the very beginning, finding wisdom, gaining understanding, that doesn't sound like happiness. That sounds like school. Right? That sounds like reading more books. That sounds like studying. That's not what he means. In fact, Pastor Donald talked about wisdom in his very first week in Proverbs. When he says, he said understanding isn't the same as wisdom. Wisdom we think more as applied knowledge. Knowledge and information isn't the same as wisdom. But we think of wisdom as something that we know something, and so because we know it, we're going to do something. It's applied knowledge. But it's even more than that. There's a deeper sense to that. The verse says, blessed are those or happy are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding. Those two words are active, finding and gaining. It means that there's, a, there's some sort of effort. There's a requirement that each one of us have if we want to gain or find wisdom or understanding. But it says, that's the pathway, that's a pathway to happiness. For some reason, gaining understanding. And it's more than this applied knowledge. It's more than just applied understanding. There's really a truer, deeper insight into what life is all about. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is understanding what the right thing to do is. And wisdom is doing the right thing. And wisdom is knowing why it's the right thing to do. It's a true, deep understanding of what life is all about. I'll give you an example. We tell our children that it's not good to lie, that we want them to tell the truth. And you usually start telling them when they're really young. When they're really young, they only know one question. It's why. And you, I don't know if you remember, if, you have, if your kids are all grown, if you remember this little treadmill of conversation that you get on where you say a whole bunch of things and then your kid says why, and then you say a whole bunch more things and then your kid says why, and then you're sort of trapped on this trying to get to the, what's the original, what's the reason why behind all of this. So if you talked about truth, you say to your child, you need to tell your, the truth, you shouldn't lie. And they'll say, why? And you say, well, because it's not good. And they'll say, why? And you know what? We start, we get sucked into thinking they really want to know. <laughs> They're really inquisitive. They really want to discover why all of these, they want to know the answer. But no, I've realized they're really just like sitting there in the back seat in that car seat and thinking, I wonder how many words I can get my dad to say with one, when I just say one word. And just, I, I got control. I just, he just keeps saying why until at the very end, when you give up, when you want to give up the answering why, you always say the same thing, because I said so. That just means we're tired of this conversation because we're not going anywhere. But that's not the original answer. That's not the real baseline answer to why. The reason why we are to be truthful, it's based in the character of our God. God is truth. In fact, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is truthful. That's part of his character. And for us, we are made in the image of God. All of us are made in God's image. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, we're part of his family. And he says that we are supposed to reflect who he is. 
So we're supposed to tell the truth because we're reflecting the very character of God. So the really answer at the very end of the conversation isn't because I told you so. It's because God is truth. And he wants us to live that way. That's how we're designed to live. It's very interesting. There's another verse in uh, Proverbs 29, 18. We won't look at it. But the, the idea is wisdom is, just, is more than just knowledge. It's heeding and understanding and following through on the instruction that we know. The next one is happy are those not only who find wisdom and, find, and, and gain understanding, but it's happy are those who are kind to the needy. How is kindness to someone in need linked to my happiness? This is not so far the list that we would think. In fact, I was thinking of just interviewing people as you came in this morning and say, what do people say the, the pathway to happiness? How do you become happy? And hear what the responses would be. And very few of them would be the ones that we hear today that are from the book of Proverbs. So it says, happy are those who are kind to the needy. Kind to the needy. How do you, how do you connect with that? Well, let's go back to the same reasoning we did before to see what the character of God is like. I think of John 3.16, which is a verse that many of us know. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that anyone who would believe in him wouldn't die, wouldn't perish, but have life eternal, have everlasting life. There's a, there's a group of people that are in need. Us. We were it says the reason why God sent his son is so that we wouldn't perish. There's a people who are in need. God saw us in need, and what did he do? He did something. He sent his son to be here, to die for us, so that if we would believe in him, we would have eternal life. So why are we kind? Because it goes back to the character of God as well. There's something about kindness that is more than just giving. Sometimes we like to think, I, don't, I take care of my kindness to those who are needy by financial donations. And I give to here, and I give to the church, and I give the benevolence fund, and I help in this area. And those are important things to do. I'm not diminishing that at all. Those are vital things because that's how people get helped. But it says, that's, that doesn't say that that's a pathway to happiness. It says, happy, it doesn't say happy are those who give to help those who are helping the needy. It says, Happy are those who are kind to the needy. And you know what kindness implies? It implies nearness. It implies closeness. It implies contact. You see, in this verse that it says, it says, it is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. This is what you can do. Despise, you can do that from a distance. You can do that without contact. You can do that in the safety of your own little life. But being kind to the needy requires contact. It requires us to give of ourselves. If your neighbor, and we find out from Jesus told us who our neighbor was. It wasn't just the person who lives nearby. It's anyone that we, with whom we come in contact. Ernie and Bert underline, underscored this for me when I was a kid. Is the, who, who's the people in your neighborhood? It's the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. It's the people that you meet each day. I don't know if you remember that song or not. But I remember, I was thinking of that this week. I thought, Ernie and Bert know what it is to help the needy. To be a, who, they know what your, what your neighbor is. There's the idea of closeness, nearness, and contact. And there is, that is the way to happiness. 
When we think of happiness is, what do I need to get in order to fulfill myself? There's a, a line in the song that we, one of the songs we sang this morning, and it said, I searched the world and it wouldn't fill, it couldn't fill me. And yet we have a tendency, even as Christians, we have a tendency to search the world for our happiness and our fulfillment when it's not about that at all. Even this verse tells us that our fulfillment is in helping out those who are in need. There is something about how we are created. You can go back to the why, right? You can tell your kid, it's, it's good to be kind to those who are needy. And they would say, why? And you say, well, because it's nice to do. And they would say, why? It's because, well, sometimes you can help them. And they would say, why would I want to help them? And he said, because you want to be a nice person. Then they would say, why? And, but it's got to go back to the character of God because God did the same thing for us. God did the same thing for us. If we want to be happy, and we do, and I know some of us have been stuck on that treadmill of trying to find fulfillment, and we're finding it and we're looking for it in the wrong way because we think we need to look for ourselves, but really it seems as though we need to look for others. We need to have a deep understanding of the purpose of life and have a connection to our God and our Creator. And we need to understand that helping the needy is a, a, the pathway to happiness as well. The next one, it says, happy is those who trust in the Lord. That seems very simple. This isn't, this isn't rocket science. And so much of life, when you really understand it, is knowing what we should do and following through and doing it. Like we know that it's good for us to eat properly. We know that it's good to get our rest. We know it's good to get our exercise. We know it's good to exercise our brain. And we need to do things that, that challenge. We need to try new things in order to... We, need, we know all those things are good for us. It's not really hard to know that. But the doing is the hard part. The doing is the challenge. And that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is the follow-through. Wisdom is the ability to carry it on and the ability to do it. So here it says... Blessed and happy are those who trust in the Lord. When you trust in something and it doesn't fail, you're happy. When you trust in something and it fails, you're unhappy. Whether it's a pen, oh, I don't like this pen anymore. Or whether it's the communion cups that we use, I can't get this thing open. I'm not going to. And then I get it open and half of it's on my shirt. I need to bring another shirt. You know, when we try, we can't put our faith or our happiness in that kind of stuff. But we have a tendency to want to do something like that. But here it says our trust needs to be in the Lord. He might not do what you want him to do. That just means you're not in charge. But he will never fail. And so when we have that foundation beneath us, then we can live our life with that kind of confidence, knowing that the one in whom I place my trust will not fail. That's an amazing thing to, to realize. And that's what leads to happiness, knowing that your trust is in the right thing, that your trust isn't in your ability, it isn't in your wisdom, it isn't in uh, the people that you know, it isn't in uh, just pure luck or circumstance. No, your trust, our trust needs to be in God. And it says that we are happy when we put our trust in the Lord. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and the happy person is the one who trusts in the Lord. So do you truly want to be happy? Then you have to be willing to do it the way you were made to find your happiness. You will not find lasting happiness in any of the things that we are told will give us happiness. 
because we find ourselves on this hedonistic treadmill of pleasure, thinking that pleasure will grant us happiness. And the pleasure is only fleeting, and it disappears. And even when we continue, it somehow loses its effect, and it's not as fun anymore. That, that um, Christmas gift that you got when you were six years old and you thought was amazing, you don't think is amazing anymore. You don't even know where it is. But you thought it was, it was the happiest day of your life that day. And then now it's like, I don't even, I don't even care about it. As you get older, it's the same kind of thing. Whatever thing you think might bring you happiness, God has told us the way and the pathway to happiness, and it's in trusting in him. What are you putting your faith in? What are you putting your trust in? Sure, we as Christians often say, well, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he's the savior of the world, and I believe that he died for my sin, and I believe that if I just acknowledge that I'm a sinner and ask him to forgive me, he'll forgive me. And I'm so excited, I'm so thankful for that. But then we don't see that as, that as we pursue happiness, we forget about that and pursue happiness in some other way. We'll never find happiness any other way but trusting in the Lord. Another verse in Proverbs says that happy are those who always, I use this NIV version, happy are those who always tremble before God. That's not the kind of, we don't associate trembling with happiness. And this word, is depending on what English translation you might have, it's often translated as fear. And we don't associate fear with happiness either. There is one or two translations that use the word reverent. And that's the idea behind it. Fear used to mean uh, not just being afraid, but it also meant respect and reverence. And so that's the idea. It's not trembling for God, before God, in fear, thinking that he's going to do something to us. And so many of us, we struggle with this view of God, thinking that we need to be afraid of God because he's just waiting to pounce on us to destroy us. I don't know why we have this twisted picture of God in our minds. But it's not about fearing God and being afraid of what he's going to do. It's about respecting God and having reverence for God because he is God. Don't take God down from who he is and think that he's just like you or me. He's separate. He's so much more. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He cares for us. He loves the world. He wants everyone to come to him. That's the picture of God that we get from his word. We don't have a God that's waiting to hurt us and to destroy us and to take things from us. In fact, the Bible says that it's the it's this devil, it's Satan who wants to do those things. God has come. God has sent his son to come so that our lives might be fulfilled. Doesn't that sound like happiness? But it comes from allowing, our, never, never forgetting that God needs to be in his place. That we have the respect and the reverence for God, that he is God. He is in control. He knows what he's doing. And the verse that we looked at before, I will trust him. When you have that foundation for life, that means you under, have an understanding of what life really is supposed to be all about. It's not about chasing these rainbows and waterfalls and candy and whatever things might we think might make us happy for the moment because we know those things are all fleeting. Our happiness needs to come through the pathway that we learn from God's word. 
So do you want to be happy this morning? I assume you do. There might be in a crowd this size or those looking on at home, there might be a few of you that say, I'm happy not being happy. Well, that still counts, I suppose. But most of us want to be happy, right? We'd rather be happy than not happy. But are you willing, I guess I ask my question, myself the question, am I willing to do the things that are required in order to find happiness? Because those verses that we looked at, it's all about action. It's not about feeling. We think happiness is a feeling that we're pursuing, but it's all about the things that we do. So, do I trust the Lord? Do I have reverence for him? Do I understand that he is God? Am I kind to the needy? Am I looking for a, a real understanding of what life is all about? Because if I'm not doing those things, then I'm really not committed to finding the happiness that I'm created to have. God didn't create us to be miserable. His ultimate goal isn't that we're just happy, of course. He wants us to have the deep understanding of life. And he wants us to have a communion with him on a daily basis. We're created to have communion with God. But that only happens. And as a result of when that happens with our faith and trust in him, the result of that is this overwhelming sense of well-being. And we've called that happiness. But it's not in the pathway that we normally think it might be. So if you want to be happy, God has told us in Proverbs how to do that. I guess the question is, are we willing to get off that treadmill and to do the things that God says we need to do in order to find the happiness that he wants for us? Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com.